Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. So today we have a really important and valuable discussion. Our series has been on focusing in on the pressure. We're under pressure as a nation. We're under pressure as the people of God. Uh, We're under pressure as the church. And God's church thrives under pressure. And these pressure seasons are when we find out what we're really made of. And so part of this discussion and how we've watched things unfold uh, inside of our nation, we've watched so much racial tension. We've watched so much animosity against the police that I wanted to bring our very own officer, Vincent Roberts. He's a detective with the uh, McKinney Police Department and, uh, I mean, a fantastic police officer and someone that we are very proud to have taking care of and watching and protecting us. And right now, I've got Officer Vincent with us. He's is uh, up for a promotion coming up pretty soon. I'm excited yes, for yes, you sir. about it. that. And I'm so grateful that you are with us uh, on in our service uh, for this weekend. Um, I want anybody that comes and worships with us obviously knows you, recognizes you. A lot of the kids inside of our church know you from being inside of the public schools. Exactly. Uh, and so it, it's, you, ha- you have a special place in our community and a special place in our church. And so I just really want to thank you, first of all, for what you do, how you look out for us. Uh, actually, Officer Vincent saved my life yesterday. <laughs> I had car trouble. I was stuck in the middle of the intersection. And uh, he came and, and blocked off traffic. And next thing you know, uh, we had three or four officers and, and I got taken care of. I'm pretty sure everyone thought Pastor Joel was getting arrested, but they were actually helping me with car trouble. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Officer Vincent, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Tell us about how you grew up and, and uh, even if you want to kind of tie in maybe how some of the, the racial tensions and things like that were connected into your childhood at all. Okay. Well, Alan and McKinney is home for me. I'm a Texas boy, born and raised. Um, went to school in Allen, mm-hmm. elementary through high school. Um, the oldest of four kids, mm-hmm. um, had both parents at home. My dad is career military. Um, even having both parents at home, dad was away a lot right. overseas due to the military. So I became the man of the house at an early age. Right. Um, we, we had a vast group of friends growing up. I didn't really see racial issues a- as a kid. I mean, our, our friend group was like a bag of Skittles. Yeah. I mean, because we, we didn't have much, probably lower to middle class, um, but we all just got along. Yeah. I didn't start seeing maybe racial issues, and it wasn't so so much direct. It was indirect. Mom had a uh, child care business. She had, mm-hmm. ran out of the house, and mom was very articulate on the phone. So when you would speak to her, you didn't know what color she was. Right. So... You know, as a young teenager, I'd answer the door when parents were to bring their kids by to meet mom and just to watch the color go out of their face when they were like, this is not the same person I was right, talking right. to. So, and mom would just tell me, you know what? We didn't get that kid, mm-hmm. not who they were looking for, and we'll just pray for him. Yeah. Um, we grew up in the church. Anytime the church doors were open, we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that foundation and... The beliefs help, I guess, shield us from yeah. a lot of that stuff. Um, in high school, I would see a little bit more, but it wasn't necessarily directed at entire group of African American. It was always 
somebody that got into it with someone and they'd yeah. use a derogatory term or whatever, but I, I really didn't notice it uh, as a kid. Uh, might be more just so in, indirectly. Yeah. You know, someone yeah. grab a purse when you walk by. Dallas is such a melting pot. We yeah. have so many people from so many different nationalities. And to me, similarly, I mean, the time I've spent in Dallas, the, the churches I've been involved in in Dallas, all of them have been intermixed, and everyone is friends and gets along. And, and there, you know, there's a big movement uh, you are aware of in, inside of the city of McKinney and Collin County um, about, you know, having. Uh, intentionally building relationships with people of of different mm-hmm. backgrounds, and to me, it's like that's what we do every week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, we just live in a different world inside of our church, and it really kind of makes us at times um, blind to how other people live and how other people exist because we've learned how to unify and work together in such an amazing that's way. Um, tell tell me a little bit about you know what made you want to be a police officer. Well, it's that feeling of having someone depending on you mm-hmm. and you know that when they call you get to go help yeah it's almost like a superhero yeah kind of um as a police officer you normally meet people when they're having their worst day right and they're looking for you to fix it and when right. you're able to go in and make the pain stop hurt go away uh, take whatever it is that's bugging them at that time Normally you're appreciated. Yeah. Um, not so much when you're giving speeding tickets, but it's to keep people <laughs> safe. Right. Um, but just you, you feel needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't get into it because I thought I was better than someone. Um, I've always been a servant, you know, military, police officer. It's, it's my way of giving back yeah. to, to help. Yeah. You know? I've always looked at officers, I mean, the firemen and your police, it's almost, on some level, they're ministers in the community, you know? And so, you know, everyone is raised differently. I was taught by my parents very much so to honor and respect um, our officers and treat our officers with um, tremendous uh, courtesy and, and hold them in the highest regard. I was raised to believe that the police were good guys and were out to look and protect us. I know that's not how everyone is raised. Exactly. And it, it, honestly, it hurts me at times uh, to see the culture that we have now, mm-hmm. um, the animosity against the police. I understand that people have been hurt. I understand that certain communities feel uh, rejected. Um, but I also believe that the Bible is true and that people are in a position of authority because God is the one that positions people um, in, in different places of authority. Jesus himself said, you know, that to Pontius Pilate, that, you know, you can't do anything to me except that my father has given you this authority. All authority comes from my father. There's a time that Jesus said that all authority now has been given unto me. And so promotion, the Bible says, comes from the Lord. If anyone gets promoted, they're in a the position above you. Um, it doesn't make them superior to you. It's God has placed them there for a specific reason and for a specific season, right? Exactly. So, obviously, are there officers that get out of um, yes. they get, get out of control? Yes. That are in the wrong headspace? Uh, they they get jaded. I can't imagine. I mean, so so um, my mother-in-law is uh, was. 35, 40 years, a nurse, critical, heart. I mean, people, everyone she's dealing with is dying. And so when you're in that, you can become jaded. When you're dealing with death and dying, you can become numb to things. And I, I can only imagine the stuff that you've seen, the, the scenes that you've come up on, and you know how, how it could affect you internally and in your own headspace. What, maybe what are some of the things that you do to keep yourself healthy and to keep yourself in a good mindset? 
I think having an outlet outside of the department to talk to, um, just to release some of that pressure. Not that mm -hmm. it's actually bothering you, but just to let some of that go. Yeah. Um, having a hobby. I mean, I love to fish. I love to hunt. So just going out there and being with, with nature and the quiet, it's my stress relief. Yeah. Uh, working in my yard. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Um, and, and I try not to take things home with me that I've encountered during the day or uh, an angry citizen who thought it's my fault that they were speeding. Right. But you, you, <laughs> you just have to let some of that go. Yeah. You know, because if you carry it with you, it, it can be... Can be bad. Yeah. How does it make you feel? Um, the things that you're seeing right now in the news, and and the anger towards police officers, and the the, the talk of you know systematic hmm. racism that the entire system um, is is racist and against people. How does that make you feel? And, and what's your perspective on that? It's it's sad. It's disheartening. Mm -hmm. um, frustrating because the actions of a few is ruining the whole yeah. profession. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this job almost 20 years. Same department. I've worked with some great officers who would put their life in front of mine and vice versa to, yeah. you know, to save someone else. And that's not, that's not how we are here. Mm -hmm. um, systematic racism, I think it's an individual problem. Mm -hmm. It's not a whole department problem. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of other departments may not get the training that we sure. have here because they're a smaller department and they just kind of, you know, off the seat of their pants with, with, with things. But it's those, the actions of a few that mess yeah. it up for, for many. Yeah. You know, we're here for the community. We're here to help. We're here to protect. Um, and, and when the public loses trust, it's hard to regain yeah. that trust. Right. You know, um, I know it, it, it's sad, you know. You, you get torn too because with everything that's going on right now, as a African American man and a police officer, you're like, what side do I choose, or yeah. do you have to choose? Yeah. I mean, because I'm sworn to protect, but you over here you have a cause that's going on that's right. dear to you. Yeah. You know. So it, it, it's it's frustrating sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to to pray and know that God's in control and and know that his will will be done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously you can have different departments. If, if you have someone at the top of the department mm -hmm. that is that has racist beliefs and feelings, obviously that can permeate, yeah. and I'm sure we've seen that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Some of the, um, uh, the, the brotherhood type stuff where, mm -hmm. where someone does something wrong and it's covered up and covered over. I mean, that type of thing obviously can happen, but I think losing and this is the biggest thing for 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 people of faith when we lose trust we lose faith we do um and and, and to not trust people that are in authority is not trusting God also. Mm -hmm. uh, the passage that it really brings me to that I want to read today, there's two main passages. One of them is written by Peter. Um, and Peter wrote in, in his book, 1 Peter, uh, the, the second chapter, verse 13 says, Submit yourself to the Lord's, uh, uh, for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commit uh, commend those who do right. So Peter was talking about, and this is an interesting thought, officer, um, that, that there's nowhere in the Bible that talks 
to Christians about bucking against the system and bucking against authority. In fact, all of the talk and all of the teaching in the Bible is about seeing what's going on in the spiritual realm as a bigger reality than what's going on in the natural realm. Mm -hmm. And the focus is on the inside of you. So in the midst of persecution, in the midst of whatever, don't get me wrong, you know, if something's, if someone's coming to get, you know, if my kids are in danger, I'm going to take care of that. My wife's in danger, I'm going to take care of that. But the whole thing of, of living in fear and living in mistrust and living with this mindset of I have to protect myself and look out for me, that, that in a lot of ways, goes against trust in God and, and recognizing that he is in control and he puts governmental systems in control. I mean, whoever's in office, God puts them in office. And for us to buck against and fight against and resist against, we're resisting against God, right? So I was taught by my parents um, that, that that person was in authority for a reason, mm -hmm. and I may not understand the reason, um, but there's a part for me to play in, in submission and there's something that God has to do and wants to do inside of my heart to prepare me to help me be a better version of him. And if I'll trust in him, then he'll take care of me as well. This next passage I want to read is from Romans chapter 13. So this is Paul now writing. Paul says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. So every authority on the earth, God's the one who established every single authority on the earth. Good, bad, ugly, God establishes those authorities. Um, the Bible talks very clearly about how there are evil authorities in place and God has them in place specifically to destroy them. So he shows his power and his glory and his majesty in raising up the righteous and destroying the unrighteous. And there's a purpose for evil in the earth. It happens. God uses it, right? He doesn't want people to suffer. He doesn't want people to hurt. But he places authorities uh, in the earth because he has a reason and a purpose and there's something he wants to create inside of us. I think we get in... Um, into a wrong mindset sometimes that we think everything in life is about this life mm -hmm. as opposed and so for Christians everything in life is about the next life exactly. right we're living for the afterlife no there's stuff for us to do here and there's things that we need to focus and, and be the best and doing and be great but we're really living here for eternity you know so he goes on to say that in verse 14, that authorities, uh, that the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right. So if you do right, you got nothing to worry about. And that's how I was taught. You know, my parents raised me not to fear the cops, but to do right. Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing right, then the cops are there to protect me. If I'm doing wrong, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna get mine, right? Because I, I earned it, right? So it says, um, um, do what? Let's see. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. I think that is in itself is such an interesting idea that if we really believe the Bible, if we really believe this stuff, Officer Vincent, then you are God's servant put in a position of authority to do good. Interesting. You know, and I think, I think more... Uh, I think more officers, like I mentioned earlier, um, whether they're, they're police officers, detectives, you know, whatever, uh, military, I, mm -hmm. people recognize that. I mean, nobody joins the military to get rich. No. No do. one joins the police force to get rich. You, like you said, you want to do something good. You want to be a hero to somebody. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and that's a, I think that's a wonderful cause. You're inspiring 
people, right? Mm-hmm. And so the more that we could, the more people on the police force could see themselves as a servant of God to do good, I think that might be something that, that, could, that could help too, right? But we as the people have to recognize that even if you don't ever see that, that's what God says about you, right? And, and, and ultimately, God's in control. And if you're off, he's going to correct you, right? Most definitely. So, so tell me... Um, let, let me, let me, let me, uh, I want to, I do, I want to finish this, this passage real quick. Um, it says, therefore it's necessary to submit to the authority, to authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. So it's about our faith, our faith conscious. This is also why you pay your taxes for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing, give to everyone that you owe them. If you owe them taxes, pay taxes, if revenue, then revenue, if respect, then respect, if honor, then honor. And that really brings me to this, to the position in my heart and what I wanted to, to talk to you about for just a couple of moments is what my parents taught me. And it's interesting me talking to friends of mine that are African-Americans and how they're, how they were raised, how they're raising their children, the things that they're saying to their children. And so many of my African-American friends feel like that they're the only ones that talk to their kids or have been talked to about how to act when a cop pulls you over. And it's simply not true. Uh, any good parent <laughs> is gonna teach their kid how to respond to authority. Mm-hmm. Now what I've realized is that the motive is different. Mm-hmm. That, that my parents taught me all the same stuff. Hey, if you get pulled over, don't do anything crazy. Put your hands on the wheel. Already have your license registration out. Roll your window down a little bit. Treat that officer with utmost respect. Call him, you know, yes, officer, sir. yes sir, no sir, the whole deal. Look him in the eye, answer his questions, comply, be whatever. And, and you do that, it doesn't matter if he's a bad cop, mean cop, dirty cop, a, a total jerk. Mm-hmm. I've met total jerk cops, you know, um, I've met them. But, but at the same time, when I'm honorable and I treat them with honor, it's been amazing how I've diffused situations mm-hmm. by being honorable and treating them. Because I think a lot of officers, they expect to be mistreated. They, a lot of times they expect to, to have someone dis, disrespect them. They expect to have someone, I mean, they're, I mean, they're scared, right? I mean, it's, you're times. doing a dangerous job. A how, how does that affect you? Um, if someone treats you with honor or respect, how does it affect the way that you respond? Uh, and I was raised just like you were, to, to give respect, to, especially to my elders. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't raised to be scared of the police. I was scared of mom and dad for misbehaving yeah um but when we or when i I can't speak for everyone else when i interact with someone on the street i treat them the way i want to be treated until the situation changes and and other steps need to be be taken but i found that if they are polite if they you don't even have to say yes sir just yes you know whatever it is then normally the outcome is going to be favorable. Right. But I have seen people talk themselves into a ticket. Sure. Or talk themselves into jail. Yeah. Where normally they could have gotten a ticket. But the attitude goes a long way. Yeah. How, how you present yourself. And that's why I'm trying um, try to remain conscious of how I approach people. Right. You know, if I walk up to your window, you know, what's your problem? Why are you speeding? Of course they're going to be yeah. uh, a, a certain type of reaction. So if I approach you in a, a respectful way, I expect the same right. from them. Um, and it, it, again, it diffuses situations. It stops complaints. Yeah. You know, whether they deserved it or not, they didn't have to be 
talk to in that that tone. Right. So it, it it's all about how you treat someone yeah. else. You know. How, how does it make you feel with? Uh, it, to me, it seems like there's almost um, a movement it, it, to provoke police nowadays. Like like certain people, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 a certain personality type almost, not necessarily a color of person, but a personality type that that has this edge and this agenda to try to push and poke the bear and provoke, you know, and I would never think ever to pull out my phone and start recording and and be dishonorable and it just, how does that make you feel? How, does that kind of stuff happen to you too? It's frustrating because when you're trying to deal with a situation and, and you've got this phone going up, it, it takes your attention off of something that you should mm-hmm. be focusing on, which could be a life or death situation. Right. Um, and I think with the presence of social media, you can get whatever it is out there quickly. You can get your likes or dislikes or response. And in some cases, it's a payday. Mm -hmm. You know, some cities want to settle out instead of having that interaction shown to, you know, hundreds of millions of viewers. Um, I don't don't know. I mean, technology's good, but in other times, it's bad. Yeah. I've never been that type of person to try to video an officer. I've never really been stopped. Um, it, it's dangerous. Yeah. I think I think the more that we can create a culture of honor, and this is something that I've realized, is that honor is something that has a reciprocal effect, okay? Exactly. Um, this passage that, that Paul was writing, he says, you know, if the person is deserving of honor, give them honor. If they're deserving respect, give them respect. Um, Honor is given, so, so those two things are different. Respect and honor are totally different. So respect is based on behavior. Respect is conditional. So the way you behave, the way you carry yourself, causes me to feel respect mm-hmm. towards you, okay? Honor is about your position. Mm-hmm. So when I go into a, to court, the times I've gone into court, I wanna be very cautious of how I address that judge um, and, and how I speak to that judge, and we call him what? Your yeah. honor, you know, because you're giving him a position. He's the judge. He gets to pick what happens to your future. And so the way you treat him will determine a lot of times how that goes for you, exactly. right? So honor is based only on a person's position, not on their behavior. Exactly. So you could have a judge who's a bad judge. You could have a politician who's a bad politician. You could have an officer who's a bad officer. Mm-hmm. But they hold a position that God commands you honor. And if you treat that person with honor, there's a much greater, I mean, you're sowing honor. Mm-hmm. You're putting seeds of honor into the soil of that person's life. And when you plant seeds, if you plant seeds of, of, of suspicion, you reap suspicion. You plant seeds of mistrust, you reap mistrust. You plant seeds of judgment, then you reap judgment. But if you sow seeds of honor, you reap honor, and I think so many people, they're, they're angry about what they're reaping in their life, mm-hmm. and it's, a lot of times it's, it's, they're not paying attention to what they're sowing you know, in their lives. Right. And the more people that could recognize this concept and the power of the principle of honor, I think it could change the, the product, it change what you're reaping in your life. I mean, this works in marriage too. I know we're not having a marriage <laughs> class today, uh, but as a husband, you know that it, the way I talk to my wife 
will determine Definitely. a lot of things, yes, you know, uh, for my future. Uh, so if I'm sowing honor and respect and love and nurture, then the, the what comes out, what I reap back from that is amazing. And, and all of this comes down to relationships, Officer yes. Vincent. All of this, you know, we've got to figure out how as humans to get along and how to honor each other um, and treat each other the right way. And that goes that goes with peers, mm -hmm. it goes with authorities, you know, all of all of the above. Um, tell me, um, tell me, what do you feel like uh, some of the greatest needs of community support that you as police officers uh, have? What, what, what would be a prayer request that you have in, in a, an area of support that you would like um, God's people or even your community at large to get behind? I, I want the community to see that we're here to help. Um, a lot of times, like I said earlier, when you see us, it's you know, someone's having a bad day, but we're there to help. Um, and to be patient with us. Um, we're human also, mm -hmm. you know, like, like Pastor said, we, we all have bad days um, and we try our best not to bring it with us when we go to these calls or whatever. Um, but we're human, we will make mistakes. Um, but we are there to help you. Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so there, there's so much going on right now, and I mean, obviously, you know, you guys need our prayer. Um, you need our support. I think it's important that you know we, as God's people, actually obey His word and and trust that He's in control of authorities. You know, we have elections that come up, and we get to vote. Um, but at the end of the day, God is in control of the authorities. And the scriptures are very clear that God has the ability to turn the hearts of kings the way he shapes the waterways on the earth. Mm -hmm. And if we really trust him, then we know that even if we have somebody that is in office or in a position of authority, that, is, that isn't what we would necessarily want. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned just as much from being under a bad boss than I have being under a good boss. Because you learn about what you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. You learn about who, how you don't want to act mm -hmm. in the future. And it's a season, right? So there are, there are times, in fact, this is a really interesting uh, principle that ties in, the story that ties into this idea of honor. There was a time that I had a boss um, that, and that this guy was just a drama queen dude. I mean, everything was rage and anger and volatility and accusations and what, and it literally was like, I mean, I had PTSD from having this boss and, and he would call me and I would instantly have like a reflex. Like I would, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the worst because of how bad he treated me. And man, there were times that I'm nose to nose with this guy, you know, cause it's like, dude, I was, you know, world champion fighter. Right. Nobody talks to me this way, buddy. I don't care if I'm your, you know, your employee or what. We're about to step outside and have some words <laughs> about this. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there in this place going, you know, look, man, you're not my dad. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to try to be my dad. You know, stop talking to me like I'm your kid. Mm -hmm. You know, no one talks to me like this. This is inappropriate the way you're talking, you know. It, but at the same time, I never went above him. I never, I never you know, went around behind his back to protest to say, hey, whatever, you know, this guy's this and whatever. Well, what I didn't realize is that God was at work mm -hmm. and God was moving this dude out and God was promoting me. And the people, the actual powers that be, were watching how I honored this dishonorable person. Mm -hmm. And when he moved out abruptly, I was promoted 
And the reason that I was promoted was because they watched and they knew, they knew what he was doing. They could see what he was doing. And so it was one of the only times that I, not the only times, but one of the times, first times in my life where I actually reaped a harvest of honor and in, 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 a, in a real tangible, material, financial promotion. And it was tied specifically into how I was treating someone that didn't deserve the, the good treatment that I was giving them, right? And so, so that have you seen that type of thing happen as well? I, I think you made a good point. Um, I, I've been under supervisors who I felt like could have done a better job, mm-hmm. um, or think they should have handled something a certain way, uh, and that was one of the reasons I put my hat in for the right uh, sergeant spot that, that came open. Because I'm like, instead of sitting here complaining, why not be part of the solution? Right. Um, I've been doing this job for a while, got a lot of new officers. So if I take what I've learned, what I've seen from, you know, supervisors that I thought were not, I don't know, up to par, mm-hmm. and take what I've learned and, you know, at the department, what I've learned in life, and teach these younger officers how to talk to people, right. how to listen to people, mm-hmm. it saves a lot of confusion on the other end. Yeah. So, you know, my last... Last years I have to do at this department, I figure I might as well give back yeah. and, and leave something that maybe will change the perspective of the community yeah. and um, the citizens and uh, about police officers. That's great. Yeah. Now, tell me just a little bit about this last assignment that you just had. You were a liaison inside of the schools, yes. right? Yes. And tell, to me, that seemed like a really amazing ministry mm-hmm. um, that you got to kind of shape kids' perspectives and things of that nature. Tell me a little bit about that, too. Well, I'm, I'm at Fabian Middle School. Fabian Middle School used to be the McKinney High School. Mm. Um, and when I came into the unit, uh, I, I had a lot of doubts. I'm like, do I really want to spend day in and day out with a bunch of kids? Mm-hmm. Teenagers. Right. But when I got in there, there's a need because families are broken. Yeah. Uh, a lot of single families. So it gave me a chance to spend time with these kids who didn't have fathers, yeah. big brothers. Yeah. Um, and even with some of the parents, Officer Roberts, what do I do about this? Yeah. And I don't know, just give words of encouragement. And whether I knew the answer or not, yeah. you know, I, I believe I was put there for a reason. Yeah. And did what I need to do while I was there, and now it's time for me to move on. You know, kids are funny creatures, you know, especially (laughs) especially at teenage years. Yeah. Um, But they just need someone to show them that you care. Yeah. We're listening to you. and I like being there. I, I chose that school because my mom went there. Mm. She was the first group to come through when they started integrating. Wow. Um, so a lot of my students that go there, I know their parents. I know their wow. grandparents personally. So I can pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, Miss Barbara, your, your grandson John is acting up. You know, right. to have that relationship. Right. And, and it made them feel good when they walked in. Like, oh, I know you. You're Miss mm-hmm. Rosie's son. Yeah. You know, so just seeing the smile on the face and having that relationship with the kids mm-hmm. it's been outstanding yeah you know it's a good assignment and it's not meant for everyone mm-hmm. um but but i've enjoyed it 
Yeah. Uh, really have enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that, and I'm so grateful for that and for that role that you have uh, and have had in the community and continue, and then seeing your your position as someone to teach and to train and to raise up other officers to have that type of a mindset. I think that's, again, it's an amazing ministry. It's more than a vocation. It's a calling. You know, um, it's something that you that the Lord brought you into and gave you a beautiful purpose in. Um, it's it's no mystery or secret that broken homes and the lack the lack of healthy homes mm-hmm. the lack of 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 good parenting um, the lack of of having fathers in the homes it it plagues every it nationality every, every race it play I mean it, it's it's a massive just statistically speaking doesn't matter what color of your skin uh, you have if you don't if you have a broken home. Your, your your grades, your yeah. perspective, your outlook on life, your I mean, every, all kinds of stuff. All of the educational statistics, um, the college statistics, all of those different things are connected into the, the to the home life, mm-hmm. right? And I think more than more than anything else, that's one of the biggest problems that we face in our world right now. And I just commend you for finding your place in that uh, to help to lead and heal and whatever, because there are so many people yes. that they don't have. Um, a, a father in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, they and if they do have a father in the home, some fathers are so distracted. It's like they're there, but they're not there. Mm-hmm. You know. And then you got a, a lot of times moms that are scrambling because they're alone and they're doing everything they can to hold it together. Mm-hmm. And they're only equipped to give one side of it. And it's on. The, or on the flip side, you got dads that are single dads exactly. that are scrambling to hold it together. Both. You know. There, there's something about. It is honestly why the church is so strong and has to be so strong on the sanctity of marriage is because it's it's the number one focus of God mm-hmm. is the the picture of the picture of the family is the picture of of God's trinity it's the picture of the kingdom and so it really is something that's massively important and the more we as the people of God can focus on our health, healthy families and keeping families together and all of that, the better that our society is going to be too. as well. What do you feel like? We have time for one more question. Okay. Uh, what do you feel like? Um, how can our church or how can, you know, what are some ways that maybe we could serve the police force and partner with you guys. I'm really curious, and I know you may not have a full answer, but if there's any ideas, like if, are there any needs uh, that you see that could be fulfilled um, where we could really serve you all um, and be and be assistance to help you guys have a better experience and your jobs be easier as well? Um, I would say there are citizens on patrol classes. Hmm. As citizens, sign up for those. See what we do. See some of the stuff that you just never know. And it gives you a deeper perspective of officers. Um, come out to the schools. Help yeah. mentor some of these kids. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot, of, a lot of parents or a lot of mentors come in and they end up filling roles of some of these yeah. missing parents. And um, and I think as a church family, you bring in that additional, I don't know what word you call it, oomph that yeah. is needed. Mm-hmm. And the, the kids will pick up on it. Um, the staff will pick up on it. Officers will pick up mm-hmm. on it. Um, just, just being willing to help yeah. in, in whatever capacity. Um, I think would be great. I don't know if I have a 
specific word yeah. for what, what's needed. But no, that's a really good one, though, because we already have, you know, as Oaks Church, we have a couple schools that yes. we've adopted, and that could be really be something special uh, for some of you that would like to, to be mentors, uh, male and female, specifically males. Um, the commitment to be a mentor at the yes. school, uh, I believe, is a, is a commitment for once a week. I believe it's a 30-minute segment, and it's it's life-changing for mm -hmm. these kids to, to have someone, to have a a role model, whether it's male or female, but to have a figure in their life that's consistent. You know, one of the things that I realized, because I, I did youth ministry for so many years, and there were, and uh, honestly, it, it was, you know, I grew up, I grew up in a very white suburb. Um, I was not around a lot of, you know, growing up a lot of around different, you know, mm -hmm. types of people getting into high school and college around more and more, but I just didn't have a lot of understanding of different communities. And when I became a youth pastor and I'm working now, um, the church that we were at, they were busing in kids from the local, um, government housing projects. Um, and it, and I was working with kids that I had never had any experience working with and, I mean, it grew me, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm loving these kids that, that a lot of times would be real aggressive with me um, as a, and I'm just a youth pastor or whatever, <laughs> but they, they didn't trust. Mm -hmm. They had no trust in, in adults, um, no trust in, in leaders, in any authority figures. And it was a really amazing thing to embrace those kids, especially kids that were trying to push you away mm -hmm. and to love them through it. Um, we got a young man that's in our church right now that at one point was one of the most volatile kids in our youth group. And I literally had to, a couple times, hold him down, oh, really? you know, and subdue him. And it was funny because the officers were there and, you know, one of them was like, you know, I was going to step in and help you, but you didn't need any help. <laughs> you knew what you're doing. But I mean, but this kid, yeah. when I got, when I really dug in with this young man, it, it, you know, his, his, his mom was dead. His dad had rejected him, lived with his grandma. Um, everyone, every male in his family was in prison. In his mind, I'll be in prison too. Mm. And, and uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't trust, he didn't trust anyone in authority. And when I won his trust, it was a massive turning point. And I still have a relationship with him today. But it's, you know, that's the thing is we've got to, as the people of God, we got to learn how to love people through their mistrust mm -hmm. and, and give them something, show them the side of God that they can trust mm -hmm. in, right? Um, so I think that mentor thing could be really, really good. I would love to find out some ways too uh, that you know, as you get, you're constantly coming in to situations where there are people in need, mm -hmm. right? Um, I would love to find out how we as a church could maybe fill the gap okay. there and have teams. We've got a number of outreach teams that, as we're you know, we're connecting to families or whatever where there's needs that we could literally be the hands and feet of Jesus in, in situations like that. I know we'll you know need to meet with chief and talk and see Most some of the definitely. different things that we can do, but that's something that I really feel strong in my heart and I think our people would, would rally around and be very excited about. Um, I want to take just a second as we close and wrap this up and I want to pray uh, for uh, Officer Vincent um, but, but for our police as a whole and I want you as the people of God, you may be watching from a different part of the country, uh, you may be watching from a different continent. Uh, that's the beauty of this social you know media and the internet and all of that but wherever we are there are people that god has placed in authority and we're commanded to pray for them we're commanded to submit and to uh, and to serve uh, and that's part of our service unto god so would you join in me uh, in praying for officer vincent um, for your and we'll just include your local uh, community wherever you are um, as well father in the name of jesus we thank you for this opportunity that we have, God, to stand uh, with 
our police officers locally, but also abroad, Father, people that are in all these different cities around the world. God, we ask you in the name of Jesus that you would protect these police officers, that you would help them, Father, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would turn their hearts, that you would help each and every one of them to come to the realization, like Officer Vincent has, uh, that he is a minister in the community. He's a servant of God in the community, and his job is to bring healing and order and, and trust and uh, and and an ability, Father, to come together. God, help him and protect him and keep him safe. And for our entire police force and our city and the surrounding cities, Father, would you just release uh, not only a, a protection over them, but also, Father, would you release a love for the city and a love for the people in the city. Father, we come against uh, any and all racism that's inside of the hearts of individuals. We come against any and all racism that has been uh, permeated because of pe people in high authority that have that in their hearts. Father, we ask you to rip it out by the root. We ask you to release your love and your trust. Father, if there are people that need to be removed, God, remove them. Uh, but until then, Father, help your people come into a place of submission, come into a place of, and it's submission to you, Father. It's submission to you. And as we submit to you, we recognize our position, our place uh, with, the, with the governing bodies uh, that are at work that you have put in place according to your scripture. If your word is true, and we know that it is, then you put people in places of authority. So help us as the people of God to find the way that we can partner with those authority figures and, and be submitted to and honor that authority. And Father, help us to bring healing to our cities, healing to our nation. In the name of Jesus, we come against the unrest. We come against the, the, the violence that is released that is not from you, Father. There is a violence that is a, of an evil agenda that is released. We recognize that some people protest for beautiful, pure, wonderful causes, and some people are just there for violence and they have a wicked agenda. Father, snuff out the wicked agenda and snuff out the agenda that goes that's going directly against the authority figures that you have put in place and release peace in our nation, peace in our city. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.